0: Love, talk, radio Welcome to your best life with Carol the coach. Welcome to your best life with Carol the coach. Do you question your abilities, your appearance, your age or your wisdom? Let Carol the coach empower you to break free of your fears so you can accomplish your dreams. Are you ready to create the life you deserve? As a personal coach, Carol brings you 25 years as a trained psychotherapist, an unparalleled experience to get you closer to your goals and unlock your potential. This is your time. You deserve the good life, your best life with Carol the Coach. Well, welcome to the show. I am Carol the Coach. And I am so excited to be here because I am doing Sex Help with Carol the Coach. And this show is specifically an opportunity to talk about sexual addiction. You know, to my knowledge, I know of no other radio show that will help you with sexual addiction. And this is an up-and-coming field. We all know that you are dealing with lots of issues that are that are plaguing you, and so I want you to know that you have an opportunity to to actually hear information that's going to help you, to talk to people who have had this issue, to hear the experts who have different opportunities and experiences that can make your life better. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And let me tell you a little bit about myself. This is our first show. It's uh, very important that you know that it's help and hope and strength and recovery all in one. This is the show that's going to make your life different. So if you are plagued with some feelings that you have sexual addiction, or if you know for a fact that you do and you've been avoiding that, you can listen to the show, you can download it on your iPod, And you can figure out what you need to do to make your life different. And here's what I promise you. I've worked with this issue long enough to know that if you work the work, if you do the steps, if you get a good trained psychotherapist, your life will be different. Not only will it be different in that you will work on recovery from sexual abuse and sexual addiction, and the trauma that you may have experienced in your life, but you will also take your life to the next level. And I cannot emphasize enough how important it is for you to know that you have a friend here. You have somebody who's going to help you through this. And, you know, this is something that's very, very difficult to work with. And and you need somebody who absolutely has the experience and the knowledge to get you through to the next step. You know, I trained with Patrick Carnes, and for anybody who has ever, ever worked with anybody um, with this disorder, you know that he is the guru. He is the person that actually brought to a head what this issue was all about, and it it was certainly in the 80s. And... He helped to write the book, the Bible of sexual addiction, and he has been training therapists. He's felt that it's his passion to take people to the next level, and and I cannot encourage you enough to get the SAA book, Sexual Addicts Anonymous, and read the stories, and read the steps, and learn what it is that you need to do to make your life different. Now, Dr. Carnes has written a lot of books. There is no doubt about it. He has written books that will help you to both decide, do you really have a sexual addiction, and then create the infrastructure you need to get healthy. I'll just give you a little background on me because clearly I have been doing psychotherapy for 32 years and have loved every minute of it. And about 10 years ago, I decided to be a coach. I was going to help take people to their next potential. But in the meantime, I started working with a lot of kids who really, um, they were having a lot of confusion about how to behave and who they were. And it was sexual in nature. I mean, they were doing sexing. They were looking at, things that they never should have looked looked at and they really just didn't know what to do and so when i started getting these referrals i said to myself you know this is something that we have never really dealt with before now i'm i'm not telling you that that hypersexuality has not been around because indeed it has it's been around for a long long time But with the addition of the Internet and with so many opportunities to um, saturate your brain with images and people and opportunities, it has become a new epidemic. As a matter of fact, so many people call this the crack of the Internet, meaning that it is The Internet and pornography has turned into absolutely um, a situation whereby people are dealing with things that they have never dealt with before. And as a result, I, I must tell you that we are looking at brain situations we've never seen before. Because we have so many people that are on the Internet looking at pornography, and it is doing things to the brain and producing chemicals that truly we've just never seen. So this is a new field. And if you feel like you're plagued with sexual addiction, I can only say to you that you're not the only one. You are one of hundreds of thousands of people that have, You know, in some ways, you've been seduced into believing that you could look at things like this and be okay. And what we're finding out now is that, no, you can't be okay. You know, there's plenty of situations in one's life whereby if you're looking at porn and it's, it's preoccupying your mind, you're spending more time than you need to, uh, then more than likely you may have an addiction. Now, I know Tiger Woods kind of brought to light what addiction was all about, and there are people that say, hey, you know, Tiger did not have an addiction. He had accessibility. And when you're somebody very famous and you can be with a variety of women, what's wrong with that? There may be nothing wrong with that. But I'm here to tell you that when behavior becomes out of control, um, when you're feeling bad about yourself, when you're hiding things from your loved ones, you suffer from something called hypersexuality disorder. And sexual addiction is an addiction. It's a psychiatric compulsion. And as a result, you you think you may have control, but in, in actuality, you don't have control. So let's just talk for a second about what is sexual addiction. Well, they say that sexual addiction is defined as any sexually related compulsive behavior which interferes with normal living and causes severe stress on family, friends, loved ones, and one's one's own work environment. So my first question to you as you listen to this radio show is, have you been engaging in behavior that you wouldn't want your mother to know about, you wouldn't want your wife or husband to know about, you wouldn't want your children to know about, and you wouldn't want your employer to know about? And if that's the case, I'd ask you to look a little bit deeper. You know, it's it's sexually related compulsive behavior. So is this behavior compulsive? Do you tell yourself, you know, I'd like to stop, and I will stop, but I can't stop. I mean, you've said, okay, I'm not going to get on the Internet, and I'm not going to look at porn any longer. And then whether it be an hour, a day, or a week later, you find that you are actually looking at, at pornography, or you are actually – calling somebody on a chat line, or you are actually visiting a prostitute or an escort service. You know, there are so many different types of uh, sexual addictions, and we're going to be talking about those tonight. I'm going to be educating you a little bit about what is sexual addiction. You heard me just say that it is any behavior that is sexually related compulsive and it interferes with normal living you know when i work with people men and women alike certainly more men than women but uh, women are on the rise they admit yes they have this behavior and yes they're keeping it from others and yes they are rearranging their lives so that they can engage in that behavior so are you somebody who has Taken some risks. You have actually, you have actually gone um, on site when you knew you shouldn't. You have told the wife or your husband that you're unavailable because you really would rather engage in sexually uh, compulsive behavior than go to a retreat, or go to a reunion, or go to one of the kids' games, or go to work. If that sounds like you, more than likely you have sexual addiction. Now, sexual addiction has been called sexual dependency and sexual compulsivity. By any name, it is compulsive behavior that completely dominates the addict's life. Okay, now you've heard that. and You may be going, well, now, Carol, I've got to tell you, it doesn't completely dominate my life. I am able to take a bath. I am able to hang out with the wife and go out on a date. I am able to read the paper. I am able to go to work. But I would ask you, do you tend to make sex a priority more important than your family, friends, and work? And if you find that, that yes, indeed, there are times when you do that, then you have a sexual addiction. And make no mistake that requires that you get some some help, not just help with a counselor, not just reading a book, but you need a whole variety of um, interventions that will help to not only deal with this addiction, but take your life to the next level so you can be better than you were prior to the sexual addiction. That's what I promise you as a coach and certainly the way that I've been trained with Patrick Carnes, once you figure out how to manage this compulsion and you follow the 12 steps, you will be able to take your life to the next level and say, what else do I want to do with my life? Now, is sex the organizing principle of your life? I mean, are you willing to sacrifice what you cherish most in order to preserve and continue your unhealthy behavior. I can't count the amount of people that have come into my office and have lost a lot of or most everything because of their sexual addiction. You know, maybe they went to work and for the 1,000th time got on the Internet and looked at pornography, and finally they were discovered. They lost their job. They were put on probation. They were written up. Um, Is that you? You know, you say, well, no, I don't look at porn during the day. Well, I'm kind of surprised because, to be real honest, I'm going to tell you that the number one time to look at porn is not in the middle of the night, even though that may be the time that you look at it. It's actually during the workday, and it is at work. But, Okay. It matters not whether you look at it in the middle of the day or you look at it in the evening, early evening, or you look at it after the wife has gone to bed. What matters is that you sneak around and have this obsessive-compulsive behavior that takes control of your life. And actually, you find that you're willing to sacrifice everything you cherish, To preserve and continue this unhealthy behavior now you may say well i'm not absolutely sacrificing everything and i get that because you know what addiction is on a continuum and you may start out with recreational use or social use and then there may be abuse there may be dependence, and then that moves into sexual addiction. So you may fall anywhere on that continuum. All I can say is that I'm so happy that you're listening to this show and you're willing to get the help that you need because I cannot emphasize enough this may be the start of the new and improved you. You know, if I can help you to break through that denial and you can admit that you have a problem, um, we've started a process by which you can get the help you need. And you can turn that unhealthy behavior into healthy behavior. And that's what really recovery is all about. It's not only um, changing that unhealthy behavior into healthy behavior, but it is absolutely taking your life and saying, you know what, I'm going to contribute. I'm going to make a difference. I am going to be the man or the woman that I was meant to be. Now, I've got to tell you, no single behavior, no pattern absolutely defines sexual addiction. So if you're sitting there listening to this show and you're saying, well, that's not me, I get that. However, if you feel like in some way your life has become unmanageable, maybe you've promised yourself that you'd stop doing this or you would only do it on the weekends or you would only do it when your wife or husband was out of town and then you found that you couldn't stop. That's what we call unmanageable. So do you masturbate compulsively? Do you... Look at pornography, and it interferes with your normal relationships. Are you involved in some sort of escort service or prostitution? I don't care if it's once a year, once a month, once a week, once a day. Is it something that you hide, and it's costing you your relationship or money? Or is it interfering with your life? Maybe you are involved in exhibitionism or voyeurism or indecent phone calls. And, of course, there is that part of sexual addiction that deals with molesting, incest, rape, and violence. I have to admit, most of my clients are normal people. They're CEOs. They are firemen they are policemen, they are roofers, they work in IT, they work in corporations. Um, You know, they are not anybody that one would think would go to jail. But they have delved into a behavior that is going to get them in trouble. And that's what I promise you, as much as I'd hate to tell you this, This behavior is and will get you into trouble Um, because, you know, even the healthiest forms of human sexual expression can turn into self-defeating behaviors, and that's what sexual addiction is. So I don't want you to feel bad about yourself. I'm not here to do that. I'm here to normalize the behavior and to tell you that there are things you can do. And... That's what counts. That's what makes a difference. That is when you say, you know, you're right, Carol, I've got a problem and I need to get some help. Now, I'm a big believer in when you have a specialized problem, you need to go to a specialist. And I've spent $10,000 and 10,000 hours Training with one of the best. And it's through the school of ITAP. Um, And ITAP is the International Institute of Trauma and Addiction Professionals. Um, It was started by Patrick Carnes. And one of the things that we know about sexual addiction is that rarely does it occur in and of itself, there's usually another addiction. There's alcoholism, there's drug abuse, there's a gambling disorder, um, an eating disorder. There's some other, there's even workaholism. There's some other compulsion that one is engaged in that merges or fuses with the sexual addiction. And so, you know, There may be somebody I'm working with, and he is a workaholic. He is providing or she is providing beautifully, um, really keeping his or her family set up in such a way that the average person would go, oh, my gosh, he is an executive in a corporation. He works a lot of hours, but, you know, this man or woman is quite the provider for the family. And I guess that's what I want to tell you, is that people that have this disorder are not in any way, shape, or form um, deviant, and yet they have a behavior that is deviant. So, I would ask you, have you felt like a deviant? Have you Have you known that something is wrong? And... You just didn't know what to do. You didn't know where to go. The first thing I would tell you is to go to www.sexhelp.com and take the test that will let you know whether you have sexually compulsive behavior. Now, to date, and we're doing research, and this is a fairly new field, but to date, Um, Sex addicts um, are men, three to one, very similar to alcoholism or compulsive gambling. Now, I believe that actually there is a higher ratio of women, but it's not reported yet. And if we look at all the different types of behavior, from exhibitionism and voyeurism and molestation and Internet porn, It is clearly a problem. Um, Online sexual behavior makes up 60% of sexual addiction. We're seeing kids manifesting these behaviors. You know, I cannot tell you how many kids have come into my office and they've seen, by the time they're 11 years old, they've seen 20 hours of hard porn either because their mother and father were viewing it and it popped up. And, of course, out of curiosity, they had to look at it. And since kids are so much better at navigating the Internet than we are, they figure out very clearly how to get to more porn sites. Or they're hanging out with their buddies or their girlfriends, and together they're watching things that young children should never have to see. It's imprinting their brains it's teaching them the wrong message about sexuality and it is truly forming a new type of sexuality that um we're gonna to have to unlearn. And so this show is gonna to talk to you about um neuropsychology, it's gonna to talk to you about neuropsychiatry and neurocircuitry. We're gonna we're gonna talk about how how it has formed the brain and what we can do to not necessarily unform the brain, but how we can actually create some new neurocircuitry that offsets the circuitry that you may have established by looking at Internet porn. Um, You know, 87% of all sex addicts report having other addictions. So, again, what we've got to do is take a look at what are the other areas of your life that may need some work. There's no doubt that if you're a sex addict, there's a there's a high percentage that you came from a family that had addictions. Okay, now, if you're like me, I say to myself, okay, most families have addictions in it, and I would agree with that. However, what we know about people who have had trauma in their life is that oftentimes when they've experienced trauma, they reenact the trauma. And so some of your behavior, if you've experienced trauma, may actually be a reenactment of what you experienced. And that can be so difficult. Um, that's why you need a trained specialist. You need a certified sexual addictions therapist. And how the heck do you find one of those? Well, obviously I'm one of those, or I wouldn't be having this show. And you can get on that website, www.sexhelp.com, and you can find out certified sexual addiction therapists in your state. And if there isn't anybody in your state, because certainly we're dealing with this not only statewide but in other countries, that is the beauty of Skype. You know, I cannot tell you how many people I have Skyped and worked with face to face who is actually working a recovery model that Dr. Patrick Carnes um established and You know, they have nobody in their town that even does therapy, let alone sex addiction therapy. So, you know, that's where the Internet has been very, very helpful. Now, unfortunately, people with sexual addiction typically come from rigid, disengaged, inflexible families. And abuse 100% appears to be a contributing factor. We know that if you've had Sexual. If you have sexual addiction, um, you may have experienced physical abuse, sexual abuse, and emotional abuse. Now, if you're into internet porn and you've had no trauma in your childhood, this probably does not this does not apply to you. However, if you have participated in many Um, many, many infidelities, multiple affairs, prostitution, massage parlors, escorts. If you are uh, enticed by voyeuristic behaviors, if you are an exhibitionist, you probably have experienced physical, sexual, or emotional abuse. And that's the kind of thing that we want to actually work with. Now, if you have a situation whereby you really are not sure what you can do, you can always email me at carolthecoach at AOL.com. And I will be more than happy to help you. I actually have a website, and that site is www.sexhelpwithcarolthecoach.com. And that's to help you, one, get educated about what you need to do, and two, get beyond your denial. Now, i got to tell you, if you're listening to the show, you obviously are moving in and out of your denial. I mean, you are... This is a positive thing if you're listening to the show. But the average person who has sexual addiction hides, minimizes, and deludes the impact of their problem. You know, and I'm sure you can relate to that. There were times that you said to yourself, I don't have a problem, or my looking at porn doesn't hurt anybody. Or, this is just natural. This is what men and women do. This is just exploring my sexuality. Does that sound like you? Because if it is, that is your addict talking. And and i got to tell you, there is a wonderful system. It's called the Recovery Start Kit. Patrick Carnes established it. I know I'm talking a lot about it, but really he is the guru of sexual addiction. I mean, he is a psychologist who has made it his life's purpose and mission to help people with this problem. You know, he helped to, to write Sex Addicts Anonymous, and he has helped to put 12-step meetings together Now, you may be saying 12-step meetings. What the heck are 12-step meetings? Well, I am out of Indianapolis, and in Indianapolis, as well as most major metropolises, you will find that there are SA and SAA meetings. And those are 12-step meetings whereby you go to a church, a hospital, or a home, and you meet with other people that are in all sorts of stages of recovery. And you actually accept the fact that your life's unmanageable and that you need to depend on somebody greater than yourself, your higher power, to get you through this addiction. And just like AA or NA, you then go through the 12 steps. Now, I know that sounds like a lot of work for some people who haven't been involved in it, but in most cases, and probably 99% of the cases that I work with, it is such a relief to be with other men and women who have this disorder. And I have to tell you, it's mostly men. Unfortunately, there are not enough resources available for women right now. But we are willing to change that, and I'm willing to be a part of that if you live in the Midwest, and certainly if you live in Indiana. Now, let's face it. Most children don't learn about healthy sexual behaviors, and they were exposed to the concept of sexuality from their friends. So I have to ask you, what were you taught about it, and what feelings did you have about sexuality? That's part of what keeps this a problem is that there's always been this, this feeling of secrecy. You weren't really allowed to ask the right questions. There wasn't any healthy role models to talk to you about sexuality. And so as you can imagine, this feeds into the secrecy of sexual addiction because you couldn't talk about healthy sexuality, let alone talk about unhealthy sexuality. So I want you to think about your own sexual history. A good certified sexual addiction therapist will ask you about your sexual history. They'll want to find out what did you know, what did you learn about sexual, sexuality, and and was there any trauma from your past? I mean, I've had people come in and they said, oh, my gosh, I molested my sister my cousin, my brother or whatever. And I have to clarify, you know what? You didn't molest anybody. That was normal sexual play. But then there are other people that say, oh, yeah, I, I went through sexual exploration with my cousin. And then I find out, no, that actually was molestation. There was a big age difference there was coercion, there was force. So a good sexual addictions therapist will help you to look at that. You want to go to somebody who can do a thorough sexual history and who has a certification in addiction disorders. I wish I could tell you that in working with a certified sexual addictions therapist that you will... Get through this real quickly, but actually, you won't. What you'll do is when you work with a certified sexual addictions therapist, you will develop a relationship with somebody who will be available to you for life. You know, they'll work with you for the three to five years that it's probably going to take you to work through your issues and to maintain a good level of recovery. And then hopefully they'll either know the coaching work that you can that you can move into so that you take your life to the highest level and live the life you deserve, or they'll refer you to a coach that can do that. This really is long term work, but it's something to actually look forward to I mean, how often do you find somebody who can actually be your Um, your ally. I mean, that can be so very difficult to do. And so I want you to know that there is no doubt that a good certified sexual addiction therapist is going to help you to explore things that you've not been able to talk to anybody about. And you may find that, hey, you weren't the first one in your family to have this kind of addiction. I mean, so many of the men that I talk to say, hey, I really believe my father had the same addiction. There were multiple affairs, or he had a porn stash that wouldn't quit, or he told me it was okay to look at the stuff, just not to tell mom. So think back in your own life to what your upbringing was like and know that you are dealing with something that is relatively new and that there are people out there that can help you. Now let's just look at the criteria for sexual addiction. Is there loss of control? Now, by loss of control, I mean is there clear behavior in which you do more in terms of the addictive behavior than you intend or want? Are you on the Internet longer than you'd like to be? Um, Have you said no to escort services and found yourself being in another city and looking that up? That is the kind of behavior that you need to look at. Have you told yourself, no, I'm not going to get on my phone and during the break look at some Internet porn, and then you did. Or maybe you were the last one at work and immediately thought, wow, this is an opportunity where I can look at some pornography. So in other words, does the behavior appear compulsive? Is it out of control? And has it got worse over time? Now that's where I may have some addicts that say, Oh no, my behavior isn't out of control. I mean I I was really out of control for a while, but I've had three months where I've only looked at it every other day for two hours. What we know about this behavior is it is progressive. And so don't fool yourself. Just because it seems like you've got it managed now, something will trigger stress and you will engage in behavior that's more out of control. It will get worse. It is progressive. I guarantee you. Have there been multiple times when you tried to stop? Have you had repeated specific attempts to stop the behavior And maybe you stopped for a while, but then you went back to it. Or maybe you couldn't stop at all. Now, in some ways, this kind of behavior is hypnotic. There's a real sense of time distortion, loss of time. Are you somebody who got on the Internet and you thought you'd look at it for 20 minutes and two hours later, you're turning it off. Certainly I've worked with lots of people that have gone two, three, four, five, six hours and realized that, oh my gosh, they've only got two hours of sleep before they get up to go to work. Or, you know, I had a policeman, just absolutely the nicest guy. Had a family, had stepkids and and his own kids and He was a great, great guy. He is a great, great guy. Um, But he started looking at pornography on the job. And he he made up excuses. He said that he was looking at cases, and he actually got involved in um, pornography at work in terms of he was busting pornography rings. So he had an absolute excuse. And then... He'd be in his patrol car and he'd be sitting at different sites and he'd get on his laptop and he'd look at more pornography. And what he found was that he couldn't stop. And he was a healthy, happy policeman who was ravaged by this obsessive-compulsive part of himself. And so he became depressed and angry, and the more angry he got, the angrier he got, and the more out of control he felt, the more he would medicate those feelings with more porn. And by the time he came to see me, obviously he had, um, he actually had been exposed um, uh Let's face it, most corporations, most state agencies monitor computers, and it was discovered that he was looking at pornography way too much, and they confronted him, and he came to see me. And, you know, at first he said, you know, I'm going to go to Celebrate Recovery, and Celebrate Recovery is a 12-step group that is offered in a lot of churches, and it's what I call Recovery Light. It is um, an opportunity for people to go through the church and go to 12-step programs and be with other people that have some sort of addiction. So you might have a couple of alcoholics in it, and you might have a couple of drug addicts in it, and you might have a couple of sex addicts in it. You might even have a couple of workaholics in it. But truly, this disorder requires that you get Specialized, intensive help. And so it took me probably three months to convince them, I want you in 12-step meetings. I want you to come and see me every week. I want you to get the Recovery Start Kit. I want you to write out to your addict how you're feeling, and I want the addict to write back to you. You know, just today... I had a client who came in and he was reading his journal entry whereby the addict wrote to him. He was 20 years old. He was in a small university. He um, had been with a girl other than his girlfriend and he found himself fondling her in her sleep. And she woke up and she assured him that she was not going to do anything about that. And later on, she went to the police. And so he's on probation in college. And there's a part of him that, you know, stays in denial and says, hey, she promised me she wouldn't turn me in. She told me she understood this wasn't um, forced sexual assault. And she... She went back on her words. She's gotten me in trouble. And at the same time, i got to tell you that this is somebody who is ripe for sexual addiction. He's 20. So on, on the scale, uh, the continuum, he's too young to have a full-fledged sexual addiction. But if he doesn't get help, guaranteed, his behavior is going to become more and more out of control. Now, do I think he's going to rape somebody? No. But I think he's going to look at more pornography and he's going to experiment more sexually. And I don't know where that behavior is going to go because he's already very preoccupied. And preoccupation is another criteria for sexual addiction. You know, he's obsessing about sexuality And then he feels guilt and shame. And when you have that formula where somebody is obsessing about things and then feeling more guilt and shame, that in and of itself can be a problem. So we've talked about, okay, is there loss of control? Is there compulsive behavior? Have you tried to stop? Has there been loss of time? Have you had to lie to others? about that loss of time. Oh, I worked longer than I should have. Oh, I got tied up in a meeting. Oh, I helped Sam with uh, the garage. Oh, is there more preoccupation? You can't get away from it. And, of course, when there are all these things, then there's inability to fulfill obligations. I guarantee you that this behavior will interfere with your work, with school, with your family, and friends. There's just no way that it can't. And that is what addiction does. It interferes with your daily activity and your family functioning and your work ethic. And you become a person other than what you want to be. You know, what we often see with addiction is that there's a continuation despite consequences. You know, one thing I know is that men and women come into my office and they go, okay, yeah, I got written up at work for not doing what I was supposed to. They didn't know I was looking at porn. They just knew that I wasn't getting my job done. And there might be a failure to stop the behavior, even though you have problems because of it, social, legal, financial, physical. You know, maybe your wife says, you are no longer present in our lives. What is going on with you? Or maybe you're looking at it in the middle of the night and you're exhausted and it's hard to function during the day. Or maybe you're telling the wife, I'll meet you at that game. And then you disappear and you have an encounter and you come back late. You know, one of the things we know is that it absolutely interferes with normal functioning. And it gets worse. It becomes, the behavior becomes more intense more frequent, and more risky. And that's a guarantee. It doesn't stay at the same level. It doesn't get better. It gets worse. So, okay, you got this behavior, and you think you got it under control. Start charting it. Start seeing how many minutes, hours um, you spend acting out, do a month or two or three. You know, I've got a client right now, and he cannot stay in recovery. And I told him, I said, I want you to chart your behavior. And he's like, oh, I don't want to chart my behavior. That's that's worthless. And I'm like, when you start charting your behavior, you will get into recovery. You need to see how the behavior is escalating, and you need to to see what actually triggers the sexual addiction. I happen to know for this guy it's loneliness. When he gets lonely and he's all by himself, that's when he's at risk. For other people, it's when things are going well. When life is good, they celebrate with an encounter, with acting out with sexual addiction. But the bottom line is that this behavior absolutely positively gets worse. And so I really want you, if you don't think that's you, I want you to be able to chart the behavior, get a calendar, and then check check out how many minutes you spend looking at porn, being away from the house, be in with other people, and watch and see if it doesn't actually increase. And that includes your texting, your sexting, your phone calls, your pornography, your watching videos, your escort services, your massages, your prostitution. Now, you may go, oh, I've never been to a prostitute in my life, and I never would. Okay, so mark that one off the list. But what is it that you do? Because I guarantee you, not only does it escalate, but you end up losing. You end up limiting, and you end up sacrificing valued parts of your life. You no longer have the same hobbies. You don't have the family relationships that you did. You don't have the same worth of ethics that you always had before. It creates losses. That's what sexual addiction is about. That's what all addiction is about, is losses. So again, I would encourage you to take a look at that and to be honest with yourself. Now, there's always been this debate about sexual addiction because so many people say sexual addiction is about bad behavior. It is not about... um, True addiction. There is no withdrawal. Nobody goes into DTs like they do if they're using drugs or they're, uh, you know, doing alcohol. And in some ways you're right, or they're right, and in some ways they're wrong. Because there is withdrawal. As with any addiction, it varies. You know, I am a self proclaimed workaholic, I love my work. I spend more time than I should working, and when confronted, when I talked with um, a therapist, that, well, actually, I'm just going to give you the real skinny. Um, when I was getting this training, I I see lots of clients and I do lots of things, and I was talking to my group about it with Patrick Carnes, and and he stopped me and he said, Carol how many clients are you seeing? And I said, well, I see anywhere from 50 to 55. And he said, you're a workaholic. And I said, well, no, 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 I love it, I'm high energy, I can do it. I go, it doesn't interfere. I have three date nights with my husband a week. Um, I have girlfriend night. You know, I, I get together with a girlfriend, have for 17 years. Exercise, I exercise every day. Um, I read, you know, I have a very balanced life. And Dr. Carnes told me, he said, Carol, whether you know it or not, you are a workaholic. And that affects three areas that I want you to think about. He said, it affects your brain because your brain needs to rest. And I thought about that, and I thought, yeah, I hate to rest. I don't take naps. I get minimal sleep. I I love to live life. So I could agree with that. And then he said, I don't care how many date nights you have. It affects your relationship with your husband, and it affects your other relationships too. And although I had a hard time believing that, the more I got to thinking about it, I started watching my behavior And I noticed that when I came home after a 12-hour day, 10, 12 hours, it didn't really matter, that I wasn't quite as communicative as I could have been. Maybe I wasn't even as affectionate as as I could have been because I was kind of tired. And so I would veg a little bit. And then, you know, I would isolate a little bit. Or maybe my husband would isolate and I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't approach him as much. It just felt comfortable to do that, and yet we have a really good relationship. But I I got to thinking, you know, this may be true. And then the third thing he said to me was, and whether you know it or not, Carol, you are not as good of a therapist as you think you are because you're a workaholic. Now, I tried to tell them, oh, well, I write columns and I'm I'm, um, in the paper and I'm on TV and I have a waiting list and people love me and they never leave. They're very satisfied with my work. But I got to thinking about it and I thought, you know, if the brain needs to rest, I probably am not as alert. I don't want to fool myself. I think I was in some sort of denial. So I said, okay, Dr. Carnes, what the heck do I do? And he said, well, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to get the book on workaholism and read it from cover to cover, which of course I did because he's a guru and I think, you know, it's like free therapy, right? I'm in the middle of class he's giving me all this incredible advice. And then I looked for um, a Workaholic Anonymous meeting here in Indianapolis, and guess what? There were none. And my husband, as I shared with him, oh, boy, I think I might have this disorder, he said, oh, my gosh, you're going to have to start your own group? Now, that doesn't sound right for a workaholic. And I kind of giggled. And um, indeed, I needed to start my own group. And then the other thing I needed to do was I needed to develop an infrastructure that supported me not working so much. And what I knew is that I couldn't continue to work at a corporate job where I saw 41 clients a week and worked my butt off. Remember, I loved it. I'm not complaining. But then see so many clients on the side. So two years later... It took me two years. But two years later, I have said to myself, okay, I am going to work less. And I just resigned from my corporate job. And I have put a quota that I'm only setting up 40 clients a week. And I figure 30 will show up, and that will be a lot less than 50 or 60 clients. And I'm just going to enjoy being as opposed to doing. And I'm sure if any of you have ever been in 12-step programs, you know the important part is being, not doing. Now, will I experience some withdrawal? It might cause me some distress or some anxiety, some restlessness or irritability. And yet I'm going to create some substitutes that actually helped me with that. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. We've actually concluded the first hour of Sex Help with Carol the Coach. And again, this is about hope, strength, and recovery. I'm going to ask you to email me at carolthecoach at AOL.com and let me know if you want to anonymously talk about what you think your addiction may be. I want you to go to iTunes and start downloading this show because that's my promise to you is that I'm going to put this on iTunes. This is the very first show, but I'm going to put it on iTunes, and you're going to get information every week that will help you in your recovery or help you to break through the denial no matter where you're at. And... I want you to feel free to have an open dialogue with me because I will get you to the right place no matter where you live, where you are on that continuum of sexual addiction. Um, This is your show to get the help you need and to get you on the road to recovery. There are hundreds of people that I am a part of. I am a part of a group that has certified, specialized (laughs) help. And I'm going to make your life better as long as you stay with me and listen to the show. So, email me at carolthecoach at com. Go to my website, com, And tune me in next week, 9 o'clock on Monday evenings. And um, I promise to have some incredible experts that will also help you with your recovery. And as I say at the end of every show, this is an opportunity for you to fearlessly be yourself because there will only be one of you at all times. So, again, fearlessly be yourself and be honest with who you are and get the help that you need starts right here. So see you next week for more Hope, Strength, and Recovery with Carol the Coach. Have a great week.